Welcome to Real Life Fiction. I'm Matt James with Conundrum Publishing, international best-selling author of the Jack Riley Adventure Series. And today we're talking to author Rick Chesler. Hey, Rick, what's going on? How you doing? Thank you for coming on. Hey there, Matt. Thank you for having me on. Doing well. Thanks. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. Uh, not enjoying our current weather that you and I have to live with in South Florida. <laughs> right. So at least you're getting maybe a little more breeze than I am. I mean, I am close to the coast out here, but I'm like 20 minutes from the beach, but uh, you're basically on it. <laughs> right. Well, it's very warm down here in the Keys. I'll tell oh, you that. Yeah. Yeah. People, uh, oh, the keys. Oh, South Florida. Oh, I'm like, uh, yeah, give me an O when you see the humidity down here. You know, <laughs> yeah. Come back to me. Come back to me. I know it's the, 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 the cliche. Oh, it's not the heat. It's the humidity. No, it is. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> yeah. is. I've been in the desert several times. It's not this. <laughs> right. So, uh, so for, for those that don't know who you are, uh, I, can't imagine anyone in at least in the action adventure genre um, doesn't at least recognize your name. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Rick. Um, who, what's going on with you? Sure. Well, my name is Rick Chesler, and I write action adventure and thriller novels. Uh, I have, I think, thirty-three, maybe thirty-four titles, uh, either published or self-published, and some of these are co-authored. And uh, some are novella length, but most of them are uh, novels by myself. And uh, I've written also in the thrillers on run, creature horror, and some various uh, experimental things, sci-fi and stuff like that. But uh, I have an action adventure series that I just started writing book four of, and that is my Omega Files. Uh, book one is Atlantis Gold. Book two is Art Found. Book three is Golden One. And uh, book four I is not yet titled, you know, uh, but I started writing. The prologue is done. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with these yourself, Matt, but uh, these are kind of appealing to fans of Clive Cussler. So there'll be a historical prologue based on some real uh, life event in the past. And then... Uh, for example, in uh, uh, Ark Found, it was the sinking of the Titanic. And then chapter one starts in present day with a search uh, for some relic or something having to do uh, with that event. So uh, it's a very uh, well-known formula for people that, who are fans of that genre. And so I'm starting book four of that series now. Cool, cool. Uh, any chance we can at least get a hint on what it's going to revolve around, maybe? Or so it, it revolves around the search for a biblical relic. Uh, okay. A well-known biblical artifact. And uh, sure. that's, that's uh, it, along the lines of Ark Found was about the search for Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one, I'm not prepared to divulge exactly what it's about at this time but it fine. is a well-known <laughs> yeah no, yeah, no uh, early in the process we uh right we need, w there's a little hush hush that needs to happen until uh you know uh until we get far enough into it i get it um you and i also have something else in common is that we've actually done some uh, co-author work with uh david wood uh an amazing right. uh action adventure author um i'm actually kind of curious on um how did you get involved 
with his, uh, you did the, a lot of the Dane and Bones uh, origins. And then you and I also did uh, when, uh, what was it called? Kindle. Uh, it's It wasn't around for long, so I can't remember the name. Kindle Worlds, I believe. Kindle Worlds. Thank you. Yeah. 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 We, we, uh, we did a few titles in that uh, world as well. But um, how did you uh, end up getting hooked up with Dave when it comes to his uh, Dane Maddox stuff? So, well, this was a while ago. Uh, I think it was around 2014 or so. And... Okay. I had just been, uh, I, I was publishing with a small press called Variants mm -hmm. uh, for my first book called Wired Kingdom. And then David Wood was involved. He was in the writing uh, community uh, with his own publishing company called Griffin Wood. Yep. I believe now he goes by Adrenaline Press for the action adventure anyway. Yeah, yeah but, he has like an imprint. Yeah, yeah and he was putting out... Uh, an origin series of his well-known uh, uh, Dane Maddock adventure series. And he just asked me if I would like to co-author uh, one of those with him. And I, I said, yes. And I, uh, these are short, like novellas about 40,000 words or so. And I think the first one I did with him was called Splashdown. Uh, and then I did another one called Electra about the search for Amelia Earhart's airplane. Yeah, Electra. Uh, yep. You know, we did one called Amber about the search for the Amber Room uh, from World War II. And so these are just classic action adventures uh, with his characters, Dane and Bones. And I had a lot of fun doing those with him. Yeah, same, same. Uh, I would still be writing more books with him if I just had the time to do it, honestly. Um, right. You know, I, I did a Berserk, which was uh, about Odin's Berserkers, Norse mythology. Um, that was a yeah. Dane, Dane and Bones adventure. And then for a while, I moved exclusively into the Bones Bone Break side stories. And I did three of them in that. And uh, they all did very well. It's just I, I just there's just not enough time in the day to keep uh, to keep up with it as fast as I'd like. So I, I, I need to get back into it and I need to write a few more bone stories for, um, yeah, with him. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. It, it's, I mean, we got to pick and choose projects, I guess. And unfortunately yeah. um, for no fault of his uh, or no fault of lack of sales, uh, it's just time. Um, Absolutely. Uh, That's a, I, a big part yeah. of being a writer. Yeah. yeah picking yeah. your projects. Picking your projects. Yeah. Especially depending on how fast you write. Um, yeah. you know, research wise, time wise, you know, we both have families and it, there's just a lot yeah. to do. And Absolutely. there's only so many productive hours in the day. You can do all, it all day and all night, but it's not going to be productive hours. Right. Um, you know, and that's where you just have to call it quits and go to bed. <laughs> I, I tried to split it up. You know, you can do business, the business of writing during some hours and yeah. actually writing at other times. And that helps refresh your mind a little bit. But sure. still, even to that, there's a limit. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like when I'm too tired to actually do anything like creative, I'll just you know do a little research here and there, or do a little artwork, you know, covers that I put together, um, right. just to stay productive in some way. Or in this case, I'm doing the show now, so uh, you know, like I'll get a actual break from work and be able to talk to you know people like you and enjoy these conversations uh, for an right. hour or however long we go. But uh, yeah, no, I completely understand. I just want to do something within the industry, within the world. Uh, yeah, and congratulations, you know. congratulations, by the way, Matt, on the uh, conundrum and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, long time coming. 
uh, like I've, I've said before, uh, I did a little full-time writing um, about six or so years ago, but it was uh, not purposed. It was uh, me in between jobs and right. uh, doing enough to stay afloat, but then realizing I still need a little other income, so got back into the workforce. Uh, but uh, yeah, between books, between um, starting to work with uh, Nick at Conundrum Publishing, uh, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. So, you know, doing a lot of the media stuff like this, and then also just writing as much as humanly possible more than right. I have in a long time. So yeah, it, it's great. It's great. I'm super excited, super excited. Um, cool. the other, the other thing I wanted to kind of, um, get into is so specifically guys that kind of, um, guys and girls that kind of live in our genre, in that action adventure genre. We've both uh, deviated from it in for one reason or another, just because there were stories we wanted to tell. But yeah. uh, I know you and I more or less live in that action adventure genre, those uh, archaeological finds and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. For, for me, I don't need to repeat it for me, but why? Why are you so enthralled with that um, genre? Well, one reason is just uh, goes back to my literary influences. You know, as a as a kid, I would read as a teenager. I would read Clive Cussler's, you know, original Dirt Pit series. You know, the the original Mediterranean Caper, Iceberg, Race the Titanic, all those, and uh, Pacific Vortex, and all, I really uh, they captured my imagination. I really just enjoyed the format that he set up with those historical prologues and that, sure. that you could base uh, fiction on real life events like that. And, and then also he was real uh, detailed about his underwater scenes. I'm a scuba diver for, for a long time now. And so uh, that appealed to me, you know, uh, the underwater scenes and the, uh, I, I just thought it was great the way that he presented these stories in a very entertaining, but also, uh, at least somewhat historically accurate way. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely one thing we don't have in common is I can't stand the ocean. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you quite literally uh, live on it. So uh, uh, knowing you for the seven or eight years I've known you now, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so whenever it comes to like uh, oceanic stuff, boats, underwater, and scuba, anything, uh, I have to be very, very, very careful with how deep I'm willing to go into it because I know it's very easy to uh, get wrong because there's so many just misconceptions with that world. And I, right. couldn't, I couldn't sit here and talk to you about it like intelligently without asking you for reference and help. Uh, so well, I, I know how it is. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's airplanes, you know, he has a lot of sure. aircraft and I'm not a pilot, so I have to research yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, a know your role or stay in your lane type of thing. Like right. I'm not, there's just there's certain parts of the storytelling that I just have to be like very either purposely vague just because it's like if I get too deep down that rabbit hole, it'll be very obvious that I'm inexperienced in it um, or it just needs a ton, a ton, a ton of research. And I'll like leave myself a gap in the book to come back to later in order to like yeah. fill it in because I don't want to stop the story to do a ton of research. Right. And I know weapons yeah. is another big area, you know, yeah. that I know you do some shooting, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that helps. That helps because you're familiar with it. I'm. I'm not. You know, a gun owner myself. I'm not. So I have to research all the, all those kinds of details, uh, about weapons, aircraft. Sure. And I think everyone has has things that they need 
that nobody can know about everything, right? That comes up in all these thrillers. So no, you have yeah. to have some research abilities, you know, and enjoy looking things up, which I do. Oh so, yeah, no. I mean, that's that's uh, it's as simple as seeing an image for an inspiration for a whole new novel. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible what one picture can do to well, you or me, you know, as far as a, a writer, you, you see like a certain image of something and you're like, oh man, I need to write about that. And then you dive into like a world of research and yeah. all of a sudden you have a full length novel and you're done. And you're like, wow, that came from one picture. That's, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, it's all it takes sometimes. It's all, it, it's all it takes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So what about like um, more like entertainment? So like, uh, I mean, we can all owe what we do to like Indiana Jones and like stuff like that. But I mean, um, was there anything else that really kind of got piqued your interest young and you were like, man, I really love this stuff. Yeah. And as you started writing, it was like, it just like took off from there. So uh, Michael Crichton's books really had an influence on me, you know, especially not only Jurassic Park, although that was huge, sure. but you know, Spear and Congo. I just liked the way that he presented these kind of action adventure scenarios, but with a, a real uh, hyper realistic, like technical level sure. of detail yeah uh and uh so he is another big influence on me in in that way yeah no i i get that and you know for me it's always been guys like matthew riley you know, oh yeah and uh, and, and uh, uh, jeremy robinson i mean he sure. was probably the first probably the first author that i've also gotten to know which is great but uh he's probably the first author that i was really like Holy crap. Like you can, you can do so much with history. Cause he goes like above and beyond with like the sci-fi part of it. Yeah. But, he, but like, like we try to do is you try to ground it in realistic history, but uh, reading, I especially I, his chess team series, I'm just like uh -huh. always floored by. I the, read uh, Antarctic rising Antarctos rising was my uh, first by him that, that I read. Yeah. My first was Kronos. Uh, nice. his, basically his iteration of Jonah and the whale. Yeah, that was and good. I read Inter that. Antarctos Rising was my second one. Um, mostly because I had just finished reading the, uh, what was it called? Raising Atlantis by Thomas Grianis. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a really big one for me too. Um, yeah. that, that, that whole series was, was great. And, uh, I saw that this was another author's version of the tale of Atlantis, but I mean, Jeremy did it in an entirely different way. And then it spurred the uh, um, the Antarctic Saga short stories, which are also some of my favorites. Right. Um, and it's just, I just dove into his entire portfolio after that. I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then he goes into like some, a lot of horror stuff. Um, yeah. The chess like, team series was great too. Kind yeah. of a Riley influence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The, yeah. The Jack Riley stuff for me is big. That's where, uh, or, or the influence for Jack Riley is big as Matthew Riley because that's Matthew Riley and Jack West Jr. That's yep. where the name the name I'm like I need to I need to pay homage to you know uh -huh. and there we are but uh, as far as the archaeology it's always it, 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 it's always indie he's the start of it all for me um, as I've previously said that was my big thing as a kid versus like Star Wars and Star Trek I was the Indiana Jones guy it was like I had the hats the shirts the posters everything and good stuff. Um, and now, you know, it's more modern with like Uncharted and Tomb Raider and that stuff. But uh, yeah, that's good. 
Yeah, yeah. The yeah. video games have some good action adventure too these days. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. the Uncharted series is by far my favorite video game series ever because it's the storytelling, the cinematics. It's it's just yeah. it's more it's more than a game to me. It's it's like the movie, and it you know there's there's the acting, the characters you you just kind of fall for them, and uh, that's just great storytelling is when you actually care what a fictional character, what happens to a fictional character. Right, and I, I enjoy the uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, yep. franchise myself and Far Cry. Those are good stories. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, that's and again, yep. that's I guess the writers coming out in us where, uh, like The Last of Us, I'm I dive into a little bit of like the monsters and post-apocalyptic stuff in my Dead Moon series, but um, it, it, that's kind of a, a a veer away from what I usually do, just because I also really do enjoy those characters and that story. But uh, when I first started playing the last of us series, it was like, who's it also is made by naughty dog who does uncharted. So um, same idea. The writing is just phenomenal. The dialogue's awesome. The characters yep. are so believable. And it's like when you can capture that in any medium, not just books, you know, movies, right. video games, and this case, um, you have a winner. I mean, you I absolutely have a winner. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, so but um, so speaking of that, you know, since we're both, you know, writers and there's like different processes, um, I would be very interested to know, um, you, you usually have like two sides of the coin when it comes to writers. You have uh, the Uber outliners, you know, the guys that literally write a book before they write a book, yeah. um, which is not me, <laughs> totally not me. Uh, and then you have the guys that, uh, the pantsers is what we call them, the, you know, you write by the seat right. of your pants. Uh, I'm, I lean more that way though. I'm not completely off the cuff. Um, I do kind of have a direction that I'm following. Um, but I am not at all afraid to deviate from it. Yeah. Um, where do you fall in the, in that like line? Like what is your process when you decide like a newer book that you're writing? Um, I want to write about this subject. Um, where does it go from there? Like, what does it look like? So I can tell you, Matt, after, you know, 30 plus books, I've done it both ways, every which way in, in between. You know, I've, I've tried outlining chapter by chapter all the way through and then following that to the end. I've also tried just panting it completely, just seating my pants the whole way through with no outline. Sure. And what I kind of found is, um, uh, although if you do the thorough outlines, it's nice once you start writing because you never you get to that point where you end a chapter and you don't have to think about what's next. You just look at your outline and you know yeah. how to keep going. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have the outline, it's might be you might be tired. It's late at night and you don't want to figure out what's next. And so you call it a night, sure. you know, before you can figure out you're like, I'll figure it out. I'll sleep on it. So yeah. I think the, the writing goes faster if you do outline it even though it takes some time up front to do the outline. But um, it also, I find that things usually change. I'll think of something better, like in the course of writing out the early chapters, and I don't want to use the what I outlined, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, you can so stumble what, upon a better option. Yeah. Is it, yeah. And the way, the, what I've been doing most, like for my current book, um, uh, this is what I've, what I've, my, I would say the most common method I've been using is to outline the first few chapters. Like I'll know the beginning and maybe through like chapter three or four, I'll have an outline with maybe like a paragraph for each chapter. Sure. And that'll give me, and, I'll, and in my mind, I know kind of what the ending will entail, but it's not outlined. 
-hmm. and that's how i've been doing it uh and, and for the for the action adventure stuff that works pretty good for me i'll just i'll start writing it and by the time i get to chapter the end of what i had outlined maybe three or four chapters in a prologue um i'll outline the next three chapters ahead like i'll know then i'll know okay I'll put a paragraph for the next three chapters adding to my outline and then I'll write those. Sure. And then I'll outline the next. So I'm kind of outlining um, three or four chapters ahead as I write, as I draft it. Yeah, you're basically preaching to the choir. That's exactly what I do. I have now I am also very old school. I don't know about you is I use yellow ledger pads uh, <laughs> for all my all my books. So I'm literally like highlighting, not highlighting, but I'll like asterisk like specific right. notes that i find more important than others and hey, like whatever works yeah and yeah. and there's there's a lot of studies that have happened and they're 100 true is if you write down your thought versus typing it into your phone you're more apt to remember it because of your brain and your hand and the pen and the the actual yeah. thought process of writing yeah i can um, see that because i know i have notes in my phone right now that i have completely no idea what they say because <laughs> I, it was on a whim. I was walking through the mall or wherever, pull out my phone, get into my notes app, write down something. Oh, that would be cool for the book. And then four months later, I remember it and I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. You know, this, this would have been cool, but I, it was so nonchalant that I didn't remember it, but yeah. my notes, I remember going, I think I wrote that down and I'll go right I even my tried notes the go, oh, voice app. Yeah. Yeah, occasionally I just dictate stuff into my phone if I'm walking down the street or whatever. Yeah. But even yeah. that, then I have to like pull it up later and transcribe it or something. And I, I know a lot of writers these days are all about Scrivener, no. uh, which I haven't used myself. I'm still a Word guy. I'm still using yeah. Microsoft Word, you know. Yeah, I'm using Word much to the chagrin of Nick. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Nick and I are writing a series together, the Zara Kane uh, Adventures, nice. archaeological thrillers. and. Uh, him and I partnered to write this series and he's Scrivener and I'm Word. And I'm like, you're never switching me over. <laughs> I'm like, I've been using Word literally my entire adult life. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, now it's Office or whatever they call it, but it's still, you know, yeah. it's still the Word app. Yeah. And I'm, I can fly through that app. I know it, where everything is, right. editing, everything. I'm like, I'm a Microsoft Word guy and it's always, I just, it's not going to change, yeah. you know. Luckily, so I do my outlines in that. I mean, and that's how yeah. I use. I usually have a file that's an outline, mm -hmm. a file that's the actual manuscript sure. uh, in Word, and then a file for notes, like just research notes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I have so I'm yellow ledger pad guy. So everything I do, I'm writing notes down on the ledger pad, uh, and then like I guess probably most of us, we know exactly where we want to start the story. Um, because that's like the thing that we've probably been pining over for weeks or maybe even months. And right. like the current book I'm writing, the the fourth Jack Riley book is my iteration of Shangri-La. That nice. book was supposed to be a part of another series like five years ago. So I, I've been like chomping at the bit to write this story and finally found the opportunity to do it. And uh, so for me, the start of this book was like, 25 chapters it was like it was just because i i've been like thinking about this story right. for literally years uh yeah. just different characters different situation but uh yeah I, i'm i'm the same way I, i'll at least get the story started and then i about two three chapters ahead i'll just have a couple of paragraphs at most yeah just to kind of direct me uh but then as as the time goes by as i'm putting the story together i'll find something else that's cool as i'm doing more research In on 
on right. location like, and go, oh, I wonder how I can include that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. And here and we like are. I, said, you know? I have tried it with no outline at all, just going for it. But mm -hmm. I find that while I still uh, wrote something that I was happy with and completed it, it just took a long time, took a long, took longer than it does if I have at least some kind of outline. Yeah, because you're starting and stopping constantly because you're, yeah. you know, that's, that's where you can do as much research as you want, but you're not going to remember half of it. So that's right. where, that's where a lot of your outline comes into play is you can at least note, you know, do some notations on the research or like, I have like, I don't know how many windows you have open all the time, but like my <laughs> Firefox right 20. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, I have, I'm near the end of my book. So I have like eight, but usually it's at least 12. Um, right. And it's, and it's all the way back and it's random stuff like, uh, uh, in this case with the book being based in, you know, uh, Nepal, Tibet, that whole area, uh, I'm looking up like, uh, the weapons used in the Chinese military. Uh, what, what guns do the, does the Nepalese army use? Because I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm like, you're traveling internationally as like a clandestine agent. You're not bringing your own stuff with you. You're probably going to have to acquire. And when you acquire, you're acquiring what's local. So what's local. And then of course, now I have like five tabs open of just guns <laughs> like right but you know i i when i uh first started writing like a long time ago 20 years ago or so it, the research online wasn't what it is now like there oh, was no I can't google imagine. earth there no. was no youtube like for example i've never been to istanbul right <laughs> but i can go to youtube and watch people's vacation videos walking down the street yep. for a certain year and, and really see uh, what it's like and that's you know something you couldn't do uh more than 10 years you know i don't know how many years ago but yeah certainly 20 years or more you know it was a much different type of research yeah that's i did that recently with uh the the first zara kane book that uh nick is now uh working on on his own end but he uh, uh i uh was like what the heck does the inside of the G pyramid at giza look like exactly and i'm like i'm like like there's pictures but i'm like i'm like these still don't feel like complete i'm like it just you know I'm like there's got to be more or there's got to be uh a, right. a different like feel to it because like my family owned a recording studio for a decade uh and i know you're a musician but i know what it feels like to be in a soundproof chamber and that's what yeah. i would imagine being inside a stone temple would look right. feel like but i'm like that's not what the pictures look or feel like they just look like almost like like a a, a photo or a painting but so you right. look up these travel videos and these blogs and these vlogs uh -huh. and you watch people walk through these things on camera and you're like and you get like the scope and you get like the scale exactly. like, wow yeah plus archaeologists are always discovering new chambers and it's changing all the time what they know yep yeah so yeah Oh yeah, no. I, I and then of course you know your book's done; it's released, and then something cool gets released about the subject you just wrote about, and you're like, "Oh, I missed the boat on that one." <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, so speaking to that, I know you are very, very, very much into music. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm guessing that is a uh, old time love of yours, and kind of a um, kind of way to blow off some steam as well. Exactly. I've been playing music since I was a little kid, so. Um... Yeah always been a part-time thing of mine and uh sure. so yeah it's nice to get away from the computer now and then as i'm sure you know you know when you have when you're a writer especially if you're full-time i mean it's a pretty solitary thing 
Yep. Even though you have, you know, editors and online collaborators or what have you, you're still mostly sitting in front of a computer by yourself, you know. So it's oh, yeah. nice to have something to go out and uh, do in person, you know, that's fun. Yeah, and, I guess I, I guess I'm like maybe just because I'm I guess I'm more fresh into the full time aspect of it. But um, when I quit my job, I couldn't wait to get away from people. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. But uh, I also yeah. worked retail almost my entire adult life in different facets. But uh, uh, it's kind of one of those things where it was like I was like ready to just like for a big change. And, you know, now this is a huge change. But uh, so for right. me, it's fresh. I mean, a few years down the road, I remember when I was writing for about a year and a half, two years full time. I remember going into my interview for the job that I ended up getting, how awkward I felt. Um just because, uh, and I'm not that, I am like the most extroverted person out there. Like, I don't care. Like, I prefer to be home and doing nothing, but I am very comfortable in a crowd. I'm very comfortable speaking publicly. I'm very comfortable talking to strangers, anybody I don't know. But it's like, so when I went back to work and I started uh, at, at the job, I was like, I feel so weird. Like, and right. I guess that was because my brain and just my, my whole, like, you know, it's just, you're, you change. And, you know, eventually I just got back into it. Like it was nothing, but, uh, I'm actually yeah. kind of hoping I can go back to the, that <laughs> I want to, I want to be, I, I want to be kind of more like at peace and solitary. And, you know, my well, kid, I got two girls at nine and five, my dog, my cat, I'm like, I got plenty to keep me, uh, to keep me going. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the whole pandemic, you know, one, yep. if you could say there was a good thing about it, it kind of opened people's minds up to to uh, working from home and what what that's sure. like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, so my previous episode, I talked to Andrew Clausen, who's a, another amazing um, action adventure author. And uh, we had talked about very. Uh, I would probably say we probably could have been a little more sympathetic, or at least I could have been. That was my fault. But when I said uh, the uh, pandemic actually created an opportunity in a positive way for a lot of people. And yeah. I, what I I ended up correcting myself, meaning that there's avenues for work. And in our case, books to where book sales have never been better uh, nationally. Right. I mean... And that's just because people had nothing else to do, or if they did, yeah. they were too scared to go out and do it. And which is completely understandable. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying anything negative about that. You know, right. uh, I went, I went through it with my parents because they're, they both have respiratory issues. So, you know, and they were like timid and, you know, and I'm like, I completely get it. And I work in retail. We never got shut down. Um, uh, my, my, my company never got shut down. I, we actually worked wow. more. We extended business hours, uh, cause we were so busy. So we worked 100% through this pandemic. And that was probably another reason why I would needed to get out so bad is because I was so burnt out from that grind that I was like, I, we just got mentally beat to death. And I was like, I'm toast. I'm so out of here. I'm so done, but I needed an opportunity. I wasn't just going to leave a job and start over at another job that I wasn't happy with. So right. Stuck it out until this opportunity arose and here I am. So I'm, I'm glad I did because this is uh, great. This is, this is great. <laughs> this yeah. is wonderful. But uh, I don't know if you know about this, about me back to the music thing is I was actually in a band for six years. Um, so oh, cool. back right. in like, it would be like 
early high school to after high school. So I was probably like 14, 15, 16, all the way through like 1920. And now I have a cat on my desk. If you can see a tail whipping. I see that. Me. Yeah. Come I got a couple cats myself. <sighs> that's <Jack>. Hey buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's Jack. Jack Skellington, the black cat. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I was in a punk rock and roll band called middle-class chaos. And, and what uh, did you play? Drums. I was a drummer. Nice. Okay. That's what I play. So yep. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. I was a drummer. Uh, we played um, quite a bit down here in, in the Palm Beach area, West Palm Beach. Uh, but we played up into, um, we would play up into like Melbourne. We came, we got down into like Lauderdale, North Miami area as well, playing with some bands. Um, we got the opportunity actually to open for Black Flag um and uh opening for uh it was a reunion tour that henry rollins and keith morris put on uh if people don't know who black flag is they were revolutionary punk band from the 70s and 80s well henry rollins is a he's a great writer himself is he yes not? he is public speaker yep. he's a great personality he's done some yep. acting um but uh so what happened was is uh, keith morris and henry were the two vocalists for the bands in separate eras of that band and uh, they actually got together and brought back Black Flag for a reunion tour. But nice. what was great about them is they only toured with one other band full time. And then they would have two or three local bands open at every stop. Um, so it was a great way to do it because obviously it saved them money. But it was also cool because yeah. Hen Henry's very much into the local scene. He's really cool about it. And yeah. we got picked up as one of the openers for the show. And I just remember being on stage playing our set and I like literally 40 feet from me is Henry Rollins watching my entire set. He watched That's the awesome. entire set from every band start to finish. It was amazing to hang out with that maniac. I mean, he's a great dude. He was so nice. He was so supportive. But uh, right. that was kind of like the highlight of my uh, music career. And uh, Very cool. Yeah. And then, you know, you're young and you need a job and then it just <laughs> doesn't uh, fit as far as the uh, gigs on the weekends. And stuff. Right. So uh, stop playing, unfortunately. Uh, I can still I can still get behind a set occasionally. My brother in law plays, so I get behind his set occasionally, and cool. um, I'll kind of wail away and just kind of feel twenty years younger. But uh, <laughs> nice. but uh, no, yeah, I, I'm you know like I said, I was super happy to 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 bring you on so we could talk. Um, oh, thank was, you. Absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to um, to kind of bring up as far as your work, as far as um anything we can um talk about just to give a little more information to our listeners um at anything well, at all i do have a couple of new uh standalone releases uh one is called deep green mm -hmm. and this is kind of an action adventure set in the rainforest in the amazon uh, about to search uh for a covid19 cure in a, in a medicinal plant uh that okay. came out a couple months ago i believe and then i have another one called extremophile uh, it's kind of a thriller uh, about uh, a, a revolutionary swimming pool cleaning product uh, that uh, is comprised of unusual microbes uh, called extremophiles from around the world. And so there's a big action adventure component in that. But overall, it's kind of a, a suspense thriller. So those sure. are my two most recent releases. And you can find them on Amazon.com, on Audible. Uh, for the audiobook version, uh, and there's paperback editions as well that you can get on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. So uh, those are my most recent releases, and what I'm cur currently working on, as we discussed, is book four uh, in the Omega Files Action Adventure series, and you can look for that uh, 
I would say probably around Christmas time, uh, maybe January. Okay, right cool. There. Cool. Should be a yeah. pre-order. I'm pretty sure I'm. I know the uh, cover artist that you've used recently too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, and, that, and I gotta say, I love your covers, Matt. Very thank nice you. design. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're. Uh, um, I'm. I'm happy to do the work when somebody needs it. So. Uh, I'm always Thank willing you. to give it a shot. I don't always get the covers right. There's been authors that have brought me work for covers and the description of what they want is like 13 sentences long. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, I find that uh, newer like, authors tend to try and overdo the covers and put too much, too many yeah. elements into them. You know? Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not an artist by, you know, by any standard. So when it's that custom, I'm like, look, I, I can do what I describe as a book cover. Like there's very simple elements that book covers have, and I feel like I can do them well, but, uh, some guys, they want like that over the top, like sci-fi cover. And I'm like, that's not my expertise. Um, I will gladly decline the job instead of waste a bunch of time and my time specifically, uh, for a cover that you're not going to like. So, right. you know, depending on what is needed and, um, you know, the covers I've done for you, you've been like, I need this and this, uh, go to town. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I, I get good feedback on those from the readers Thank too. You. And they, you know, and one yeah. other thing that people don't always consider is they need to look pretty, uh, crisp and clear in thumbnail format. So when you're looking at yeah. them on a little phone or whatever, you can still get the idea and recognize that's the, one of those books I like, you know, as far as genre or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, Rick, I think we are good. We are approaching our 40 minute mark, which is exactly right. where I want to sit with these. Um, before we sign off, can you at least tell our listeners and our viewers where they can find you specifically website? Obviously, your work's going to be all over Amazon, like you said, but sure. uh, between social media, between uh, your website, yeah. where where can we find you? So I do have a, an author website at rickchessler.com. I also uh, have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash rickchessler. Uh, and I'm on Twitter uh, at rickchessler. So those are my main platforms that I uh, use to promote my work. And sure. you can always email me uh, at rick at rickchessler.com. Yeah, it's the classic author email. Mine is matt at mattjamesauthor.com. So I, I get it. <laughs> so what do I put? I'm the only guy here. So it's like, <laughs> well, thank right. you, Rick, so much. I'm, I'm happy we got to sit down and talk. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. For those listening on the smash audio that format, like button, smash it. That's right. <laughs> I got see. I got to get the YouTube lingo down. You know, I, I watch enough channels. I'm an eleven-year-old, so yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. I need to have my daughter sit down with me, my nine-year-old <laughs> yeah. sit down with me, and like, how can Daddy be better at YouTube? Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, in the audio-only podcast, same thing. Subscribe, like, tell your friends. The, the the way that this gets bigger and the way that this gets done more often is y'all, is the, is the listeners and the viewers. You know, if you guys can really help us out and get this thing going, um, we are we are going to be blown up quick. I already have a lot of shows scheduled, so I would like Great. to keep that going and make it absolutely worth every second of the day to get this done. So uh, thank you so much, Rick, for coming on. I really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. You're welcome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Bye. Bye.